Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Cars, the presentation of the Rio Grande Oil Company. Tucson Police calling all cars, attention all cars. Broadcast 63. Gordon H. Sawyer, Vice President of the Southern Arizona Bank and Trust Company, kidnapped from his home tonight. Suspect unknown. All cars report to headquarters for further orders. That's all. California now specifies Rio Grande Tracks gasoline for all its police cars, fire engines, and emergency equipment. Rio Grande, already used by more police cars wherever it is sold than any other brand of gasoline, now helps the police of Oakland to fight crime by speeding up police car performance. Yes, sir. Oh, George, what's that headline? It, it's about a train wreck. Yeah, I'll buy the paper. Oh, that's the calling all cars you, sir. Help yourself a train. Oh, that's a novel idea. You want to read that uh, train wreck story at two, and you'll hear it over calling all cars this month. Hmm. Movie news? Previews of the new movies? And the theater guide. Oh, look. Here's a radio guy, too. It lists all the good programs. This is just what I want. Yeah, what's this? It says a thousand gallons of real brandy cracked gasoline to be given away free. Now they're talking. I'd like to get a thousand gallons of real brandy. That's the finest gasoline I ever used. Yeah, everyone who listens to Calling All Cars ought to come in and get a copy of this Calling All Cars news. It's the most unique publication I've ever seen. And you give these copies away free? Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, tell your friends to drive into any service station selling Rio Grande cracked gasoline, and they'll get a free copy. <laughs> Angeles Police Department, who has brought with him a distinguished visitor, Keith Davis. Good evening, friends. It is with natural pride that I have often, on these programs, lauded the excellent work of the men under my command. But in so doing, I have by no means intended to underestimate the value and efficiency of our other Western law enforcement organizations. In Tucson, Arizona, there is a police force which many a town, ten times larger, might be proud to claim as its own. Under the able leadership of Chief T.A. Wallace, the Tucson police, just a year ago, became world famous 
when they brought the Billinger mob to their first accounting with the law. Tonight, we are dramatizing another famous Tucson crime, and I have asked Chief Wallace to come here as my guest and to say a word to the audience of calling all cars. It is my great honor to introduce Chief Wallace of Tucson, Arizona. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the West. I'm one is honored to be asked to participate in a splendid radio program. For more than a year, Calling Cars has performed a great public service and acquainting the public with frequent problems. No one realizes this value of this work more than we two officers. Our task of preserving the peace in Tucson is much different than the one performed by Metropolitan Police. Our native crime, crime rate is very low. There has never been a bank robbery in Tucson. And only one safe has been blown in our city in the last year and one half. I have been chief. We have had two kidnappings. We have solved them both. Beyond the petty crime, the theft, and robbery, our citizens can give us little trouble. But because of its isolation, Isolation, our city has been regarded by the Eastern criminals as a safe place to come and cool off. Our little skirmish for the Dillinger mob last year has changed that opinion considerably. Tucson is an unwise place for criminals to commit a major crime. Relatively isolated, with only three or four roads leading from it. A fugitive cannot get away before we have every means of exit blocked. Contrary to general opinion, the desert is not a safe place to hide. Tonight, I have selected from my confidential files the story of the first kidnapping in the history of Arizona and the abduction of my good friend, Gordon Sawyer, who happened... He, what happened to him and how we solved the case. We're about to hear on with the show. February 4th, 1932, Tucson, Arizona. It is lodge night, and Mrs. Gordon Sawyer, wife of the vice president of the Southern Arizona Bank and Trust Company, is home alone awaiting the return of her husband from the meeting. Shortly before midnight, she hears an automobile horn blow three times. This is Mr. Sawyer's familiar signal. He has just turned the corner. He peers through the drapes of the living room window, sees Mr. Sawyer's packer wheel into the driveway. She hears the car drive into the garage. She hurries to the door, eager to greet her husband, when she hears the car back out of the driveway. Gordon! Gordon! Gordon, where are you going? funny. I wonder why he drove away like that. Good heavens, maybe he... Oh, operator. No, operator. 
You be too uneasy. Yes. Oh, Harry, please. Hello? Hello, Mr. Robertson. Yeah? This is Mrs. Sawyer. Oh, yes, Mrs. Sawyer. Did you see Gordon at Lodge meeting tonight? Why, no, I didn't go tonight. Oh. Is anything wrong? No, no, not at all. Only, well, he hasn't come home yet. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. Robertson. Oh, hurry, Alfredo. Why don't you answer? Hello? Hello. Get me 2139, please. And hurry, please. Hello? Hello, Mildred. Is, is Tom back from Lodge yet? Why, yes, Sarah. May I speak with him, please? Certainly. Just a moment. Hello, Sarah. What's on your mind? Tom, was Gordon at Lodge tonight? Sure. What's the idea, sir? Checking up on it? Oh, Tom, don't be scared. What time did he leave? Oh, about 15 minutes ago. He left with me. But the letter, is he home yet? No. No, not yet, Tom. Oh, that's funny. Said he was going right home. Said he had a big day ahead of him tomorrow. Tom, I'm worried. I think he came home and then went away. What are you talking about, sir? Well, he drove in the driveway. I saw him through the window. And before I could get to the side door, he bust the car out and drove off. Are you sure? Yes, Tom, positive. That's not funny. Well, what'll I do, Tom? I, I'm frightened. Well, look here. Now, don't get yourself upset. Don't you deny I'll hop into the car and come right over. Then I'll have a look around. Oh, thank you, Tom. So he's probably just going down to the corner for a cigar. Oh, I hope so. Well, don't worry. We'll be over right away. <laughs> half hour, an hour passes, and Gordon Sawyer does not return home. His friend Tom searches the ground around the house while Mildred tries to calm Mrs. Sawyer's fears. Finally, Tom decides to call the police. Mark L. Robbins, identification expert of the Tucson Police Department, interviews Mrs. Sawyer at 3 o'clock in the morning. And the car drove away and he hasn't come back. Mm. Might have gone to the bank or to visit some friends. Oh, certainly not, Mr. Robbins. I've called all of our friends. They haven't seen him since he left Lodge meeting tonight. And he never goes in the place without telling me. I searched the grounds, Mr. Robbins. There's no sign of any disturbance. I've asked the neighbors, and no one has heard any callers around tonight. It's, it's just as though he disappeared into thin air. Did he have any valuables on him, Mrs. Royer? Oh, yes, he always carries quite a bit of money, 40 or 50 dollars. And then he wears a diamond ring and a diamond picture and his dress. Uh-huh. Might be a robber. Well, if it were a robber, why did, well, why did the robbers take him away like that? Oh, that's hard to say, Mrs. Sawyer. Of course, it might be a... A kidnapping or Mr. Robbins. Oh, no, 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 don't get so excited, ma'am. After all, we're not sure of Oh, <laughs> Don't worry, ma'am. We'll bring him back wherever he is. <laughs> Within half an hour, Chief of Police Dyer and Sheriff Bailey are in conference with Robbins in police headquarters. Well, from all the Robbins has reported, it looks like a kidnap to me, Sheriff. Yes, I think you're right, Chief. If it was plain robbery, they'd have held him up and that'd be that. Well, there's little we can do tonight. I'd be better to throw a blockade on all the roads. Right. Oh, Watson. Yes, sir. Uh, phone the Border Patrol in Nogales. Tell them to watch out for a gray package sedan, license number 30879. Yes, sir. And detail men on Route 84 and Route 80 to block these roads. 
Also on the Nogales Road and the road to Benson. And uh, don't forget the Twin Buttes Road, Sheriff. Oh, yes. Then they call out to the turnoff by Santa Mission to check all cars going to the mission or into the reservation. Yes, sir. And also while Hila Ben, Casa Grande, Globe, Prescott, and Phoenix, getting them descriptions of the car and of Mr. Sawyer. Right away, sir. Uh, not much good it'll do, though, while it's still dark. It's too easy to hide in this desert at night. And even when the sun shines, it's going to be mighty hard to find even a placard if it's 20 yards off the road and that color birdie and the seat. Yeah, but there's a quick way of doing it. Yeah, what's that, Mark? Search for him by air. Oh. We'll have a lot of time. That's a swell idea, Mark. Yeah, but where do we get the planes? We haven't enough funds to go out and charter a lot of airplanes by the day. How about Mrs. Greenway? She's got several ships. Hey, that's right. I wonder if she'd be willing to lend them to us. Sure she would. Mrs. Greenway's a swell person. Summoned from her sleep in the middle of the night, Mrs. Greenway, famed Arizona congresswoman, is informed of the possible abduction of Mr. Sawyer. Asked for the use of her plane, she readily grants the request and assures Sheriff Bailey that the ship will be at his disposal whenever and for as long as he wants them. Dawn on the desert. The jagged crests of Tucson's silent mountain guardian yawn deep blue against the crimson morning sky. Saddle Peak, 30 miles west, catches the first beam of the waking sun. A moment later, the mountains across the border must have could... And then a swath of bright sunlight brushes across the valley floor, spills over the mountaintops, gilds the wings of six speedy airplanes, their propellers idling, as they stand in line on the Tucson airport waiting for the touch of the saddle that will send them roaring to the clear blue morning sky on the first aeroplane manhunt in the southwest. Sheriff Taylor gives last year's instructions to the group of pilots and deputies who circle around him. Now, all you deputies understand which pilots you're riding with. Each of you pilots understand the sector you're to patrol. First get to see anything suspicious, or spiral about the spot. Men in the cars will get there as soon as they can. Don't leave the suspicious spot until you're sure the police cars arrive. Getting late now, so go on with it, boys. One by one, the sweet of airplanes take off in the chill morning air. The scene might be an airplane behind the lines in front. As the dawn patrol takes off to meet their poker mounted adversaries in battle high above no man's land. For these modern aces slide away also to a battle that never ends, a war against crime. High above the airport, the ships station out from their winding climb and sweep for the sectors to which they've been assigned. At five minutes past seven, pilot Charlie Major's monocrete, having explored the jagged canyons of the Santa Catalina Mountain, is searching over the country north of Tucson, when Mark Robbins, his passenger, taps him on the shoulder. Hey, Charlie. Yeah? All the way down. Like a car down there. See? I like Pope Apollo Verde. 
so you had better obey instructions. At 8.30 Saturday night, you are to start from the corner of Stone and Congress with $60,000 in cash and unmarked money. You must come alone. You will drive out to Silver Bell Road and turn north. Then continue until you see a white flag stuck in the side of the road. Stop, and you will be approached by one of our men. If you see no white flag after you have gone as far as Rattlesnake Pass, turn around and drive out the Bear Canyon Road until you come across the white flag. There will be no other warning. You had better do as you're told if you or his friends ever want to see Gordon Sawyer alive again. Sawyer will sign this to show that he is alive and all right. But he won't be very long unless you do as directed. Uh, thank you, Miss Parker. Is that his signature on the bottom? Oh, yes, that's Gordon's signature, all right. This is terrible, Chief. We must get Gordon back unharmed at any cost. Of course. The bank stands ready to pay the sum they ask. Well, it may not be necessary, Mr. Short. Deputies King and Gutsweiler are following the trail of kidnapped car this very moment. It is no easy task for the two deputies to follow the fire threads over the hard, sun-baked Kalichi of the desert road. But straining their eyes, Deputies King and Gutsweiler laboriously trail the escape car from the transfer point along the well-traveled highway into the lonely DeMoss Pichu Road and finally into a lane that leads to the Adkins Ranch. They sense that they are reaching the end of their search. Look slow, Jack. Something's moving in the bushes ahead. They'll be tough until they'll have Yeah, maybe not. Uh-oh. Look, what? Two guys sleeping away the truck in the road. They've seen it. They're running away. Try to head them off, okay? Pull up. Come on out of there. The police officers. Behind that car, Jet. They want to shoot it out. Now they plugged me that last time. They want to move it. What I say to you, I'm going to listen to hitting something, Jack. It didn't bring much with it. Yeah, I know. Look out for that man's house, Jack. Let him have it. Well, that didn't do much good. Get a good look at him? I sure did. You better get back to the telephone and call for reinforcements. I've only had a couple of rounds left. Okay, let's go. A posse quickly arrives in answer to the deputy's call. And cautiously, the band of armed men approach the Adkins ranch, expecting to be met by a fusillade of bullets. But the only greeting they receive is the fierce barking of a cur dog, which Jetsweiler and King had seen loping down the road after the two repeating men. Things oh, kind of deserted now. Yeah, we'd better be careful. Well, who are the people who live here? You know, Dallas? Uh, yeah, the Adkins. Old Colonel Adkins owns the place. Some trip is still time. Well, let's get inside and see if there's any sign of soil. Yeah. Well, let's keep our eyes peeled outside here. You see anything moving? Shoot first and ask questions afterwards. Okay, yes. All right. Well, it's your lifter, eh? Yeah, look here. Bucky, cake, 
Coffee on the table still warm. Yeah, from the way all the clothing thrown around, I guess they just packed pajamas and a toothbrush and scrap. Yeah, yes, sir. Well, no signs of fire in here. Let's take a look outside. All right. Hmm. Anything doing out here, boys? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's some stuff leading off toward the river. Well, you better follow him, Jack. Bob Wood, you go along with him. Right. Hey, Dallas, take a look at that well over there. Where? Oh, yeah. Uh, what about it? Looks to me as though those mosquito logs have just been thrown over the top of it recently. See, it does with that. Let's take a look. All right. Hmm. Yeah. That's an old cave-in well, but the covering has just been put on it. Do you suppose they threw Sawyer down there? I don't know, but we'll soon find out. Here, give me a hand with this rod. Huh? <coughs> yeah, I got you. There. Now we can get a look. Got a flashlight? Yeah. Hand Good rock. heavens! Looks like a dead man down there. Sawyer, all right. They killed him. I'm being quiet. I haven't done anything. Oh, thank goodness he's alive. Uh, Gordon. Gordon, it's me, Donald Ford. Be careful, Donald. Don't tell him the Well, there's no one around here now but the posse. Come on, we'll help you up. Here, give me a hand. Uh, you take the other one, get All right. There we are. Oh. Are you all right, Gordon? Yes, I'm all right. Ha- have they gone? Yes, Gordon. I, I guess I fainted when they threw me down there. Oh, they told me to keep quiet or they'd kill me. I didn't know anything until I heard you up here. And I was afraid you were in danger, too. Oh, everything's all right now, Gordon. Now, oh. oh, don't try to talk. The first thing we've got to do is to get you home to your wife. After he had been reunited with his wife and had an opportunity to rest, Gordon Sawyer tells his story to Chief Dyer and Mrs. Sawyer. When I drove the car into the garage Thursday night after lodge meeting, two men stepped out from behind the door, pointed guns at me, and told me to get in the back of the car, lie face down, and not make any noise. Then they backed the car out. Did you hear me call when the car backed out the driver, Gordon? Yes, dear, but naturally I couldn't answer. I was afraid they'd kill me. Well, where did you take your next? Well, we drove for some time. Then they transferred me to another car. And while we were bumping along rough roads, they blindfolded me. They got to a house, they loosened my blindfold a bit and made me sign a note demanding $60,000 ransom. Then they tightened the blindfold and put me on some blankets on the floor where I spent the night. This morning, they gave me good old cakes and coffee. Then I heard some shots, and they ran back and threw me in the well. You know the rest of it. How many voices did you hear? There were three. One was a woman. A woman? Yes. Yeah. Well, that might be Billy Arkin. Who's three? Old Colonel Adkins' daughter. Jeff Swiler thinks he recognized Chris Adkins' son as one of the men who ambushed him. Huh. I'm going to bring those in and question them. Billy Adkins, pretty daughter of the old colonel, is brought in for questioning. And beyond admitting that she spent Thursday night at the ranch, she refuses to talk. In view of this admission and Mr. Sawyer's statement that he was held at the ranch all night, a charge of kidnapping is filed against her brother, and Billy is held as an accessory after the fact. For more than a week, an intensive search is conducted for Cliff Adkins, 
And then on the 14th of February, a trip comes that sends two carloads of officers out through the desert to the deserted Newman Mine. Arriving there, they are met by Joe Portman, who tends a goat herd on the mine site. Oh, Joe. How things? You can complain, Dollar. How's the policing business? Fine and dandy. Don't think you out this way. No, nothing. Just looking for the Mexicans who've been breaking in houses. There ain't seen no Mexicans on here. Well, you know how it is. We got to look like we're working. Yeah, true. Uh, what you doing on the top all in there, Joe? Looks like a car. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a car, all right. Mm. Uh, I think that's me move on. Oh, yeah. Uh, they keep it covered so that the uh, goat get on top. Yeah? Well, let's take a look at it. Uh, help me with the top for us. Mm-hmm. Just what I expected. Same tire tread, body scratch, wheels take the dirt. Uh, that's a car, all right. What about this, Joe? Uh, don't know what you mean. Uh, it's, it's, it's my car. Come on, Joe. Let's have the food. There's someone moving in his hat. Cover the door, Farrar. Hey, you. Come out of there. Come on. All right, Farrar. We'll bring it in. Hey, don't shoot. I'll give up. I'm afraid. You're afraid of what? Those two guys are getting that target. What two guys? Well, a couple of guys I met when I was doing time and trust it. They moved in on me last week. They kidnapped Sawyer and they, they said they bumped me off by troll and I ran away after they escaped. I've been fighting here ever since. I'm afraid of them. Oh, come on, Adkins. You don't expect us to believe that. Oh, sure, it's a gospel suit. This your car out here? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's registered to my wife in California. Well, Chris, that's the car Sawyer was kidnapped in. Huh? The tires are the same as the tread on the road. Well, Sawyer was transferred to his car. Yeah, yeah, but uh, these guys borrowed my car. Oh, yeah? And the footprint beside Sawyer's package fits your shoes with his found at the line. No, no, no. Uh, well, uh, I didn't do it. But all those shoes belong to one of the other guys. I'm innocent, I tell you. I'm innocent. You can't pin this on me. Identified the shoes as a pair on which he had put rubber heels for the accused. And when Deputy Getzweiler made a positive identification of Adkins as one of the men who ambushed him and King at the ranch on May the 31st, Judge Fast pronounced sentence on Adkins, but sent him to the penitentiary for life. Thus, Rapidly and efficiently did the Tucson Police Department and the Arizona courts dispose of the first kidnapping in Arizona history. Thank you, Chief Wallard. And now, here we are, back in the Rio Grande service station. Your level's low. You need a court. What time do you have? You wouldn't want to use people in a fine car like this. Yes, I do hate to buy bulk oil. I've been reading about canned oil until I'm afraid to buy oil in bulk. Well, here's a canned oil. The most famous 25-cent oil in the world. You've heard of it. Sinclair Opaline. Sure, I've heard of Sinclair oil. I didn't know I could get a quart can for 25 cents. You get more than a quart. There's two ounces extra in every can of Sinclair Opaline. Well, if I can get an oversized quart of Sinclair oil for a quarter, I'm sold. That Sinclair name satisfies me. It's a great oil, sir. It's internationally famous. 
Sinclair has built the world's largest independent oil business with this Opaline oil. It's the finest 25-cent oil there is, and it's a better oil than any Western oil at any price. You'll find it featured at every station that sells Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Tucson police calling all cars, attention all cars, cancellation broadcast 63 regarding the kidnapping. The best in this case now in custody, that's all. Good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.